0: You are about to listen to Pastor Dominion Jigar, the lead pastor of Brace Up, a ministry aimed at bringing Christians to the Bible standard of word, prayer, and evangelism. Be blessed as you listen. Glory to God. for your week? February is running the same race that January ran very, very fast. This is 6th of February already. Wow. And we are grateful because God is really doing mighty things in our midst. It's good to see you. I missed you. (laughs) Welcome. (coughs) The teaching um, team for February for our Wednesday meetings, is Life Hack. Please say Life Hack. Life-hack. Yeah. And it's basically a teaching series on the survival skills that a believer needs in the 21st century. What do you need as a believer to survive in this 21st century? Praise the Lord. And we'll start, it, it, it's basically a teaching series on love. And we'll start today on, on, on the belie- love and the believer. Love and the believer. That's the title of today's teaching, love and the believer. Love and the believer. John 13. This teaching is going to radically change your lives. Going to change our lives for good in the name of Jesus. John 13, we'll read verse 35. Now, if you were asked if love was an important topic in Christianity, I bet you would say yes, right? But the question would be how important is love? And you might not just know yet. John 13, verse 35. Are you there? (laughs) You might not be ready for what you see. John 13, 35. Are you there? All right, let's read together. One to go. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if you have love one for another. He said, now Jesus was the one speaking there. He said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples. Meaning, if you asked Jesus, all right, now that you're about to go, how will people be able to differentiate your disciples, believers, from other people? His answer was this, that you have love one for another. Meaning, that characteristic alone differentiates a believer from others. Praise the Lord. He didn't say by this, shall all men be able to guess. He said they would know that you are my disciples. Meaning, a believer cannot say he doesn't love another believer. A believer cannot hate or dislike another believer. Love is a marker of believers. Last month I said generosity was a marker of believers, right? How many of you can remember? You said? Joy. Joy was a marker of joy. Okay. Then I also say generosity when read from 2 Corinthians 9. It says the testimony that accompanied your faith. But you see how all of these come together in this teaching. Joy, generosity, they are all under the umbrella of love. So love is so important. Praise the Lord. 1 yeah. John chapter 3. Uh, uh, uh. This might even surprise you even more. 1 John chapter 3, ah, verse 14. 1 John 3, 3, 14. Uh, are you there? He said, We know that you have passed from death to life. We know that you've been translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his dear son. We know you're a believer. He said, Because you love the brethren. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the bread. Meaning, I can come to a valid conclusion that you are not saved if you don't love the believers. We know that we have passed from death to life. Listen, he didn't say because you love your fellow breast of members. Your radical love for believers is an indicative that you are saved the Lord. So if you, listen, if you don't have radical love for other believers, if you can see a believer suffering and you walk away, we can have, we have reasons to doubt that you are saved. He said we know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. And then he continues, he says, He that loveth not the bre- the, his brother abideth in death. Can you imagine? He that loveth not his brother, he said he abideth in death. Radical love is proof that you saved. a man whose heart has been changed would love the believers radically. A man has received a new heart in Christ loves believers radically. You see a believer, you find out that someone is a believer you love the person already. You're excited to know. You found family already just by realizing that this person is a believer. Praise the Lord. This applies to even the 21st century. This is what the Bible teaches. This is how you know my disciples. They have love one for another. It's not that they know themselves, but they discover that you're a believer in Jesus Christ. Oh my God. Praise the Lord. Now, let's see examples of that in the Bible. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 15. Faith in Christ, faith in God and Jesus Christ is always accompanied by love towards the saints. You're going to open really fast. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15, He says, Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, he said, and your love unto all saints. When I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, he said, and your love unto all saints. So for the early church, faith in Christ was followed by a radical demonstration of love towards the saints. Now, because this is how Paul opens his letters, there's a tendency to think it's a cliche thing, he just says it. You know, like when someone is greeting and says, Hey, how are you? Good morning, how are you? He just say, fine, because you don't think the person really means, how are you doing? And if you are familiar with Paul's letters, you realize that he always says this. And so there's a tendency to think, okay, it's just cliche. He doesn't really mean it. But he meant it. That your faith in Christ was accompanied by radical demonstration of love for all the saints. Colossians chapter 1, verse 4. He says, Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, he said, and the and love, and of the love which ye have for all. The saints. First Thessalonians chapter one verse three. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because of because that your faith groweth exceedingly and your charity of every and the charity of every one of you. You all towards each other abounded. Let me tell you something. To assume that he didn't really mean that they have love for all the saints, to assume that they didn't have radical love for all the saints, is to assume that they didn't have radical faith in God. Because their faith in God was always placed side by side with their love for the saints. Assume that they didn't have radical love for the saints is to assume that they didn't have faith in God. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3. 1 Thessalonians 1, 3. 2 Thessalonians 1, 3. Now, Philemon 1, verse 5 says, Hearing of your love and faith which you had towards the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, and towards all the saints. He was talking to Philemon. He said, the guy had faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and love. This is a believer. Towards all the saints. Praise the Lord. The question is, is that who you are? Do you understand? Hebrews chapter 6 verse 10. For God is faithful. Um, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor. Do you see that? He calls it labor of love. Meaning it was radical. It wasn't passive. It wasn't, it's not, oh, I just love all the believers. Someone told me one day, he said, I pray for you every day. I said, oh, are you serious? Wow, i touched my heart. Tell me about it. He said, I pray for everybody in Nigeria. <sighs> Seriously? Is that how you pray for yourself? Like, God, just fix Nigeria. Since I'm in, I'm part of the group, eh? You think it's Venn diagram? Set A, Nigeria. (laughs) No, it wasn't passive love. He called it the labor of love. It was work. It was work. So can we see the labor of love that you have for the believers in Nigeria. Do we see it? How did he know they had labor of love? Meaning the love was discernible. Praise the Lord. It was discernible. There was what they did that indicated to him that this guy had labor of love towards him. You, Lord. Now open um first Corinthians chapter to to 13. Oh, thank you, Lord. Your love life is gonna take a new turn for today. In the name of Jesus. Your perspective is being changed. Oh, and the communication of your feet becomes effectual by this radical knowledge in the name of Jesus. Oh she parado, just pray one minute. Pako and diada. I begin to demonstrate love, radical, radical love for believers. Believers in diaspora. Oh, my faith in Christ is accompanied by radical demonstration of love. To all believers, radical demonstration of love. Pati, Ash, Ta Te Toko. Radical demonstration. All denomination. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' my name. Alright, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, are you there? He says, though I speak in tongues of men and angels, and I do not have charity. He said, I am become a sounding brass and tingling cymbal. Nothing. Do you understand? Nothing. Now it's interesting because in 1 Corinthians 13, Paul took a break from teaching on the gift of the Spirit to teach about love. He was actually talking about tongues, interpretation and prophecy in the ending part of chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians. He picked up again on tongues, interpretation of prophecy in chapter 14. But he took a break And what does he say? Read verse 2 together. One, two, go. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mystery and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can move mountains and have no charity, he said I'm nothing. Praise the Lord. That means in my goal, to demonstrate faith to grow in the knowledge of god's word to walk in the miraculous to prophesy he said if i do not supersede it with the goal to love it's nothing my desire to grow in the knowledge of god's word or my desire rather to love should be greater than my desire to grow knowledge of God's word. Do I have all knowledge? If I have not love, it's nothing. Do I understand all mysteries and I can speak and all the mountains can skip like rams. This is how important love is. And it has just been a passive subject in your heart. He said, though I bestow all my goods to the poor. This is generosity, remember. Bestow all my goods to the poor. That was what Jesus told the the rich young ruler. And though I give my body to be born. Now, maybe you don't know. There were people in history, church history, that were born for the sake of the gospel. Many people that translated the Bible from... um, Greek to English, we actually burnt. I told you the story of one. They burnt him, packed the ashes, and put it on the sea. What was his offense for translating the Bible into English language? For him, it wasn't a business enterprise. He knew his life was at stake. But he wanted laymen like you and I to be able to get the Bible in our own language, in a language we understood. He said if he did that, and wasn't from a place of love, he said, profiting nothing. This is how important love is. Nothing makes sense outside love. No activity (laughs) makes sense outside love. Praise the Lord. So love is the context of all Christian activity, basically. Every Christian activity must be done from the context of love. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 to 14 says, Put on therefore as an elect of God, talking to believers, because calls them the elect of God, those that have faith in God. He said, Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy. Excuse me. He said, Put on bowels of mercy and of kindness and humbleness of mind and meekness and long suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Verse 14 is very powerful. He says, Above all these things, Put on charity, which is the bond of affection, bond. It brings everything together. Everything makes sense in the context of love. Whatever activity you are carrying out for God, for the kingdom, if love is not at the center of it, it doesn't profit you It doesn't matter what you do. Go and evangelize. Pray, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out their womb. God. Don't do this the of love. Now, biblical teaching and instruction on love stems from the finished work of Christ. And that's very important to understand. That when the Bible teaches about love, it teaches it from the perspective of what Christ has done. Because as important as love is, if you don't realize that love is your nature because of what Christ has done, love is your nature as a believer. If you don't realize that fact or that truth, you will be trying to love. So number one, love is your nature. Number two, love is a command. Say love is a command. It's not an option. People think love is an option. But no. It's actually an instruction. It's an apostolic instruction. It's a messianic instruction. Jesus commanded us to love. Praise the Lord. So, the biblical instruction and the biblical teaching of love comes from what Christ has done. That because of what he has done, you have the nature of love. So, I don't find it difficult to love. Because I have the nature of love. Let me put it this way. For a dog, backing comes naturally, right? Right? Yeah. Or no, you're not sure yet. It comes naturally, right? Yeah. Alright. So, when a dog is instructed to back. He's instructed to do what comes in naturally for him. That's how it is when you're instructed to love the believers radically. It's in your nature. Do you understand? It's in your nature. John chapter, 1 John chapter 3 verse 14 says, We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. We know. And say, he that loveth not his brother abideth in death. He doesn't have that nature. So it's in nature. And then in verse 16, he instructs, he says, Hereby perceive with the love of God, because he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Now sometimes that's literal, but some other times it's figurative. But here's what it looks like. Love for a believer is radical. He said, This is how we see the love of God. He laid down his life for us. We, this is the instruction now, we are to lay down our lives for the brethren. Meaning is not passive. Do you get it now? Do you understand? It's not passive. We ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. And like I said, sometimes it's literal. Sometimes, it's figurative. Alright? But here's one thing that you cannot take away. That love for a believer is sacrificial. Sometimes, when it, it, it's not convenient, we want to back off. But no. For a believer, love is very, very radical. Love is very, very sacrificial. He says, just as Christ laid down his life, Do you think it was easy for him? But he had to do it. Meaning, your demonstration of love can be the same as you lay down your life. People should be able to see how you demonstrate love for believers and say, it's like this guy wants to kill himself. You know, Christ didn't... That was not what Christ did. It wasn't like Christ wanted to kill himself. He actually died. So when we see your demonstration of love, we should say it looks like this guy wants to kill himself. Now, when you look at the life of Paul, that is the conclusion you'll come to. That because of his love for the believers, he wanted to kill himself. He was, I mean, a man that was flogged with rod, iron. 39 times iron, not belt, not slippers. Not shoe. Apparently, African mothers shoe is their weapon of plugging. If you are far, just shoe. Please, twentieth-century mothers, you beg in the name of God. Boys are tired of dodging. <laughs> you say it was shipwreck. He was robbed. He was stoned to death and left. They thought he was dead. And you and him will stand on the same line for judgment. <laughs> this is why I'm surprised. When, they, when people think we're radical, I I, I I I think they don't know what they're saying. Because we attend meetings, we pray. People think, wow, this guy is a radical people. Radical use for God. Ooh. And then we take it, we're like, yeah, we're radical. Seriously. When you look at the, this is what we call, you see, this is the vision of Brazil. It's Bible standard. That's one word. That's one phrase that just catches everything. Whether you say, accurate knowledge of God's word, fervency in prayer, and passion to the evangelism, it's Bible standard. So, when we look at your radicality, and we look at the radicality in the New Testament church, would we call you Radical. Do you understand? Look at how love was demonstrated among believers. In Jerusalem, people were persecuted and killed for preaching the gospel. They left Jerusalem, went somewhere else and preached and were evangelizing. They even took over the city without anybody coordinating them. Because the apostles were in Jerusalem. Don't let anybody deceive you. We are still learners when it comes to being radical. Praise the Lord. But love is a marker of believers. And your love must be very, very discernible. You must have radical love for all believers. Praise the Lord. Now, I'm going to tell you how to. Because it's not enough to know that you ought to love. You have to learn how to love people. Praise the Lord. Because of course, we say we all love all believers. But when we look at your conduct, when we look at your motives, we might not come to the same conclusion. Let me introduce you to a concept that I call perceived relationship. Please say perceived relationship. Please say it again. I'm not hearing everybody's voice. Thank you. Excuse me. Now, some might assume that when I say perceived relationship, it means a relationship doesn't exist. But that's not what I mean. Perceived relationship means that your mind has come to terms with the fact that that relationship exists. Your mind has come to terms with the fact that that relationship exists. And let me give you an example. Mainly, ladies my understand this. You might see a guy disturbing a girl. Right, let's go out, let's go out. She says no. Six months, let's go out, let's go out. She says no. One year, two years, three years, she now says, okay, let me even give him a chance. And see how it works out. So she accepts to date him. Now, he's saying, what do you want? Why don't you want to go out? She's like, he's, she's like, I don't know. I don't just feel you. We don't just gel. And then he keeps persisting and she's like, okay, you know what? Let's try this. So they enter into a relationship, right? They enter into into a relationship and they are dating. She's trying to go through all the motions. Call, say all the sweet nothings, you know all these things now. You know, do like you're actually affectionate about the person. Then after like two months, she's like, look, this thing is not working. I am in the relationship, but my mind hasn't come to terms with the fact that I'm in this relationship. How many of you understand what I just explained? Thank you. How many of you think I should explain again? Nobody. Okay. Okay, one person. You are outside. I want you to explain. So, but oh, wait, too. Some people did not raise their hand for they understood. I did not raise their hand for. <laughs> okay, you know that. Okay. But when I did like this, how many of you understood? Mm. Mm. These eyes, no. These eyes, this. You know what So, here's perceived relationship. Whether you're in the relationship or not. Whether you are in the relationship or not. What your mind accepts. For example, some people broke up two years ago. In their mind, they're still in that relationship. Perceived relationship. Do you understand it now? Clear? you must have perceived relationship towards a believer. You must realize that I'm family with this guy. Whenever you see, and this is what perceived relationship means, it means that when I see you, there's a feedback that comes from my brain to me about you. So when you see maybe the call of the person in a relationship with, there's a feedback that your brain gets, and it's not toaster. Neither is it pests. Do you understand? The ladies understand. The guys are wondering. If you don't have that perceived relationship towards a believer, you will find it difficult to demonstrate love. So, simple examples. Maybe your brother has a company or works in a company, has a good position. Then he's packing for his employees or his co workers. I almost said downliners. What do they call them? Subordinates. Thank you. Subordinates. MMM people have been saying (laughs) downliners. All right. So, he's probably shouting at them. You know, getting angry. Now, not everybody really annoyed him, but, you know, you know the way he just spread hatred around and anger around like coffee tea. Just, just, like that. So, even his secretary that didn't really annoy him, just shouting at her. And then maybe he's in his office, and he's just shouting at everybody. You, why didn't you do this? You, why did you sack the cleaner? You say, he said me to sack But, so, how will my office be clean? He said, I don't know. You said I should sack her yesterday. And I've done. He said, but my office is dirty. So he's just basically just angry with everybody. And then you knocks on the door. Knock, knock, knock. He's like, who is that? And then your parents sent you to him and he knows. So you open the door and peep. I Hey, Isaiah, how are you? Come in, come in, come in, come in, come in. See that. See the feedback he got. Because he saw you. His brain immediately told him, this is someone to demonstrate love to. Do you understand? Sometimes, even a potential customer might come, knock, who is that? Just see your face. Who are you? Go and come back tomorrow. See that? But because it is you, family, his brain has been wired to respond that way. Another example. Maybe you have a cousin that you don't even, you know those cousins, you don't know that they exist. They just told you two weeks ago that, hey, there's this person that is actually our cousin, the person is staying in the UK. Say, oh, are you serious? Oh, that's, that's good. And then suddenly they say, they are coming, they'll be around, say, hey, are you serious? Oh, that's good. And they'll be staying in the house. All right. So basically, your brain begins to try to process the whole thing. How will they look like? Okay, Then they tell you, oh, the person is your age range. The guy is your age range. So you already figured out that the person is staying in your room. Because you, you don't know the person, but you're already programming yourself. Okay, I need to make this place a little more comfortable for the person. You're already accommodating someone you don't know. You're already preparing, you're already loving on someone you have never seen. You don't even know if the person is annoying. But because of perceived relationship, I believe this person is family. You're already loving the person, making it comfortable for the person. So that's what perceived relationship looks like. It's a preconceived notion you have. Let me, let me say this one more example. Sometimes members of your family annoy you in a way that you tell yourself, look, I'm leaving this family. Do you understand? I might even pack your bag. Maybe you carry one small post, you put makeup and leave. <laughs> but I still come back. I feel guilty. It's okay. <laughs> now, but here is it. Even as you are in rage mode. They say, I'm I'm going to this 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 brother or wherever you're seeing. There's this at the corner of your heart, you know, you still forgive that person. He has no respect for what the person has done. It's called perceived relationship. You have you have educated yourself that if it's this person I must forgive last last. Now, until you have perceived relationship about believers, you won't be able to love them the way you ought to. Is it clear now? Does it make sense to you? Thank you. So there's a way you have to educate yourself. Just like before you you ever saw that cousin that was coming from abroad, you didn't you haven't seen the person. You don't know if you like the way the person looks. You don't know if you like the way the person smells. You don't know if you like the way the person behaves. You are you already say, programming yourself to accommodate that person. Do you understand? So you must educate yourself. That if it's a believer, this is family. There is a way I must... Respond to believers. Listen, let me tell you what it means. It mean, Listen very well. It means if you were that person and you were sparking for your employees, and one of your employees knocks and you're like, who is that person? And then he opens the door and it's an employee that is a believer. Your mind must be programmed to respond firmly family. Praise At the corner of your heart, if I move you from the corner to the middle, if it is a believer, I must forgive. Of course, you must forgive as a believer. Or else we begin to doubt if you're a believer. But if it is a believer, I must demonstrate radical love and affection for the person. This is how to love. Praise the Lord. So, in the world, love is selfish. For we believe a love is sacrificial. That's very important. I think we've read it, but let me just say, read it again. First John three sixteen says, this is how we know what love is. Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the believers. Do you understand? Okay. So, let me talk about forgiveness. It, it doesn't make sense to talk about love without talking about forgiveness. Because it's easy to love those that are nice. Right? Nice believers, it's easy to love them. just meet one believer, the person is just so happy to see you. I mean, it's easy to just reciprocate. But when the person now offends you, that's when there's an issue. And you must be taught how to do these things. So I'm going to look at it from two perspectives. Usually, people talk about you know, forgiveness from the perspective of the offended. But we also have to talk about it from the point of the offender also. Jesus himself said, Woe to him by whom offense comes. So as a believer, don't, don't say, That's who I am. What did I say? Thank you. You are very annoying, and you are saying that's who you are. In what? In Christ. Very annoying in Christ. So you have to work on changing. Can I tell you the good thing about these things? When you learn them, they would affect your love life, to affect your relationship. That's what I'm saying. It will affect your family, the family you will establish in future it will also affect the family that you belong to currently. So this one thing you fix and it just influences everywhere in your life. Do you understand? It might take time, but learn it. They are correcting you on something. Learn it. Some of you just want to run away from your father's house because you feel they are annoying. Because they are always correcting you on one thing. See, how many times have I told you That your shoe should not be in this place. You see, these people just like to stress somebody. How many times have I told you that if you come into the house, close the door? Just simple things like that. Praise the Lord. So, there must be a system for forgiveness. And many people haven't done it right. And this is why there's dissension in church members. You see people that don't talk again in church. Why? Because I spoke to this brother. I told him that he annoyed me. He said, Well, deal with it. Deal with it. Have you heard that an answer before? Say, so You did this, 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 this. Well, deal with it. That, that it's your own business. Like, it doesn't concern me. The world will teach you that. So be very careful. Can I tell you the truth? As a believer, when you want to demonstrate love, it will look like they are using you. It will look like they are marching on you like footmen. They are riding on you. Because you are to lay down your life. So if your reputation is in your head, you are not ready yet. The Bible says, Let this mind be in you, uh, which was in Christ who himself was very nature God. He did not look at his nature as God, as something to hold for his own personal advantage. He did not look at his reputation as something to grasp for his own personal advantage. He gave it up and died the death of a sinner. That's Philippians chapter 2. He said, let that kind of mind be in you. Don't hold on to your repetition. You have to let go of that repetition and demonstrate love. Simple. That's what he was teaching you. Let go of who you are and demonstrate love to a believer. Praise the Lord. So, how do we handle offences? As an offend, as um, the offended, how do you handle offence? Matthew chapter eighteen, from verse fifteen to seventeen, Jesus teaches us something we must learn. Here's why: because many times believers go and meet another believer and says, "You did this," and then the person says, "Forgive me," and then the person does it again. And after a while, or maybe the situation wasn't handled well. After a while, there's a strain in their relationship. And then you're like, well, the person will always continue to do that. I mean, I'm not ready to talk. Or I don't want to quarrel. So the person did it. I'm just going to move away. Let me say something. People say that love is a command. Friendship is not. How many of you have heard it before? Love is a command that the Bible gives. Not friendship, so I, I don't have to be I don't have to continue being your friend. I don't totally know how that thing works out, but I'm meant to demonstrate radical love to you, but we are not friends. It's the equivalence of saying we live under the same roof, have the same parents, I love you radically, demonstrate love to you radically. But we are disconnected. How possible is that? That you radically love your brother. Demonstrate radical love towards your brother. But we're not friends. I don't know how it works. But here's what I want to say. I hope underlining that statement is not anger and dissension. Do you get what I said? because people say okay love is command not friendship i hope under that, that you're not being friends with the person is not anger okay i love you but let's just not be friends i hope anger is not at the base of what you're doing of course i cannot talk to everybody i can't make friends with every believer do you understand I can't make friends with every believer. There are believers in the United States, there are believers in the UK. If I meet them today, we can talk. I can demonstrate love. If I go for a conference and there are a million believers, I can't start collecting everybody's number because I must be friends with everybody. No. But I can demonstrate love to those I meet. But because I'm not collecting your number, doesn't mean there's hate. Do you get what I'm saying? So when you say friendship is not a command, love is. I hope there is no hate at the base of it. Praise the Lord. So this is how to resolve conflict. And I want you to take it as an instruction. Are you in Matthew 18? Verse 15. Moreover, if thy brother shall transgress against thee, go and tell him his fault between him and thee alone. Go and tell him his fault. How? Between him and the alone. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that died for you. That is where to start from. Did you hear it? That's where to start from. Not that you come and meet Femi I said, do you know what Isaiah did to me? I'm just looking at him. I'm waiting for the time our paths we cross. Then I'll, i i I'll, 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 I'll give it to him. I give him a piece of my mind. Do you understand? No, of your mind. no. So listen. So listen to me very well. So it's at that point that you now tell him what he did before. So you don't care whether it is alone or when we are together. You know, I say that's how the other day you did this and the other day, and it's like wow, I didn't even know I was hurting you so much. When you have offense against someone, where do you start from? It's not by telling another brother. They a piece. free. You know, you know that's how that's on that level of gossip. I want you to just <laughs> pray for patience for me. I don't want to lose my patience. I've learned. I've learned. These days get my answer. Which what happened? like, pray very well. You say don't worry, I won't answer. You will be very patient, yeah? Say that's what I want me to do. I will do it. Praise the Lord know, so no, alone is where you start from. Praise the Lord. What do I say? Good. It then says, if he shall not hear thee, thou, um, if he shall hear thee, thou has gained thy brother. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. Now, this is, hear what Jesus didn't say. He didn't say gang up against him. So you can't bring your friends. Just see all of them. Con, con, con. Do you understand? No. My simple advice, go with mutual friends. Do you understand? Go with someone that is your friend and the person's friend. And then you say, guys, we are friends. We are friends. This guy said did this thing. Let's say to the, We are friends. We are G's. Do you understand? By the time you carry your elder brother and your elder sister, and you say those are the two people you are presenting, <laughs> it's not possible. Let me digress. Even listen to me. Even in relationship, when you have issues with your relationship, you not carry, you not carry your girlfriend to your elder brother that is 30 years old to come and judge you people. He and his wife. <laughs> no. Do you understand? no. Take mutual friends. Johnson, take mutual friends. You guys resolve it among yourselves. Now, he didn't say set up a panel. <laughs> but he said, take one or two, so that at the mouth of two or three witnesses, the truth shall be established. Not that there's now minutes of meeting the secretary, there's treasurer. They now sit, And I say, please, may the plaintiff come to the stand. <laughs> On top what? The person borrowed 100 era credit refused to pay do you understand some of you you form group chats add all the echo girls add all the accounting girls in the group chats i said this chat is to settle the matter between this and this then the person will leave the group you add the person back they must be a part of this group Praise the Lord. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Take a mutual friend. Jonathan, take a mutual friend. Praise the Lord. So the first step is to do what? Go alone. The second one is go with one or two mutual friends. Jonathan, talk about the important things. Stop all this. Listen, you can't go with a mutual friend and you're the only one that talked. Oh. The Bible says, before you hear the other side of the story, from the other person, this person will look justified. Do you understand? So if you are the mutual friend they are carrying, don't just adjust, get there, just say, now, listen. <laughs> See, I mean, you can't be acting that way. No. You must hear the both sides. Because, like the Bible says, if you only one side you head, you think this person is wrong. But then when you hear the good side and when you hear the mutual friends going, make sure you use an only fair judgment. No fear of favor. Tell the person die. And it's not, this is where no we go and we now go to the back. I say, ah, didn't try. No, 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 no. If we are correcting anybody, we are correcting everybody here. Do you understand? We are correcting everybody here. You that went to go and call police. <laughs> Please tell us what you call this part. <laughs> um, in, in Wedding Party 1, Alibaba said, Not the best way we call police, not go win the case. So. Do you understand? So if you're the mutual friend that they brought, listen to both sides, tell everybody their faults. You, this way, you were wrong. This is what you should have done. You, this way, you were wrong. This is what you should have done. You, most times, everybody has a fault. So is it that one person has a fault, two of them have a fault, or it's just a misunderstanding? Sometimes it's just a misunderstanding. You said something and interpreted the wrong way. Sometimes it's just that. Everybody says, sorry, you hug, buy ice screen for themselves and go to the house. Settle to the lawyers, finish. Habib Fura. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But that's not where it ends. He said, and if he shall neglect to hear thee, Tell it unto the church. Do you see that? Did you see that? No, no. What was it? What verse is it? You're saying yes. <laughs> if you shall neglect to hear them, tell it to the church. So it's at that point you take it to the church, not to the court. How can you and a believer have an issue? Your pastor has not heard it. You saw of are behind bars already. What is wrong with you? <laughs> this is how to think about it. If you had an issue with your sister, would not your father hear about it before they finally go and lock her? Do you understand? You bring it to the church. This is my life. It's my business. No. And I'm not saying if it's a church affair that the person is always eyeing you in church. That's what I'm saying. Your regular life, what they do to you, you come and say, look. Now, this is the third step, not number one. Do you understand? Of course, if the person is not a member of your church, then you have to apply a lot of wisdom. Because, of course, if if the person is not a member of your church and you report to your pastor, and the person that has to sit in front of you and your pastor, it usually isn't... Very do you understand? It won't be the wisest thing to do. So there should be a way around that one too. Do you get what I'm saying? That's very important. Was it be? now? So this is you. Look at how Jesus started. If thy brother shall transgress against thee, this is you trying to quarrel. Really. You are the one they offended. They're going all out to make sure it is settled. If he shall neglect to hear them, tell it to the church. If he shall neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as an, um, as an hidden man or a publican. Then we can say, look at this juncture. this person without deceived. When he cannot hear the church. Listen, this is the authority of the local church. This is why when... So, listen, you didn't tell the pastor... When people start dating. Now I come to see. Actually, when me and Brafem used to sit together, it's not as if it's by mistake. Oh. We've been dating for six months. Say, eh. I don't know how the relationship has been. Now I come to tell them that there's issue. Then now you have to start telling me how you guys met. By the time you get to the real issue, I've forgotten everything. I'm like, wow, I should start writing a novel. This is such a beautiful story. You get the church should know what you're doing. You should know what you're doing. It's a system of accountability. Praise the Lord. Some of you, your relationship is like secret service. Nobody knows anything. Nobody. Especially your pastor. He's the one that doesn't even have an idea. <laughs> he's, still, he's still praying that God should locate Somebody for you. To God. This sister is so fervent in church. Bring a serious-minded brother. Anytime he starts praying, the Spirit of God will lead him to something else. Pray for souls. Pray for souls. Souls. <laughs> the Spirit of God knows this person's relationship. Or he'll just not tell you. I don't know. So be very careful. Now, the, the, the other side of it is that that's some things you should learn to just forgive and let go of. Not? Raphim, you stepped on me. I'm coming. Isaiah. If he doesn't stop stepping on me, I'll cut off his leg. No. It's not everything. Some things you just let to go. Some things learn to let go of. As you offended, Colossians chapter 3, verse 13. Forbearing one another, forgiving one another. Do you understand? If any man has a quarrel against thee, even as Christ forgave you, also do ye. You must learn to forgive. Please say this with me. I forgive. I forgive. That's very important. Alright? Colossians 3 verse 13. So it's important. That you forgive. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let me tell you something else that I believe I must handle. You excited? It's called scandal. How do you handle when a believer falls into error? If you don't learn how to do it, Your good will be seen as evil. Do you understand? Your good will be seen. Just say, all right, brothers, let's pray. We need to pray for sister. Sister, what now? Which name should we use? Priscilla. The wife of brother Apila. He said, we need to pray. That any lusts that she has towards Brother Demas, love is destroyed. Let's pray, brothers. You have scattered everything. You have scattered everything. So you need the prayer point. Someone comes to meet you and says, look, I don't even understand. I love my husband. But anytime I'm tempted to use name. Again. <laughs> Anytime Brad Demas just says, oh, bless you, sister. Oh, I just, uh, oh, I just feel like let me leave my husband for him. I think I have a crush on him. You know what I'm saying? Brothers, let's pray. Let's pray for Sister Priscilla. That evil, that evil lust she has towards <laughs> Brad Demas. Your good will be seen as you have scattered everything. I know when we talk about scandal, the first thing that comes to mind is sexual scandal. And yes, sometimes believers fall into those kind of errors. There are also financial scandals and scandal, all of that When it comes to believer, you must learn how to handle it. Some of you, the only way you handle it is by telling other people. You'll be sharing it like good news. Like the gospel. Do you understand? Say, don't tell anybody. It's just because it's you. Because I'm telling you. And say, hey, how are you? you see, I'm fine. You say, this one that you are looking so happy. It's like you don't know the things that happen in this church. <laughs> say, are you the only stranger in this church? You see what happened? You say, no, no, don't worry. Just them, it's, it's, it's not it's a serious issue, but. You tell anybody if I tell you. We are still praying about it. Okay, join us in prayer. Join us. Pray for. What is wrong with you? Let me tell you my mantra. My love mantra is this. The love believes the best for others. It means that when a brother falls into scandal, perspective. It's just gonna come out. The Lord is gonna use him mightily. Can I tell you something? Even if he is a pastor that's stealing my members, I believe the best for him. Yeah, he was caught in financial fraud, this and this, yeah. Why everybody saying, ah, no wonder. the way he's just looking fresh, he's stealing his members' money, he's stealing church money. Let me tell you the truth. For me, and that's my persuasion for many years. I believe the best for him. Now listen to this, and this is what I do as a pastor. When you come and tell me that, let me use this. You you come and tell me that, "That brother. This is what he did. This, how he harassed me. This and that and that and that. He cheated on me. This and that and that. There's a tendency as a pastor to think, "Oh my God, all of them are wrong. Just us are right." And that phrase, I got it from the Amplified Bible, 1 Corinthians um, 13, from verse 4 to 8, that love believes the best for us. So I tell you, look. My, my prayer is not that even if he left you, even if he left you on February thirteen, no, 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 no. do you understand? And get into a relationship with February fourteen. This is how I look at it. And I'm very serious, this is how I look at it. Now, whatever relationship he has entered, the Lord would help them to prosper. They will do well. If they have made mistakes, the Lord will help them to fix it. He will give you someone good, He will give that person. They will enjoy their own relationship. Do you understand? It doesn't have to be, <laughs> we are watching. <laughs> that person. All that glitter that is gold, though. No, all that just glittering, glittering that is gold. Because the person is looking good now, I'm sure. No. Love believes the best for others. See this, I believe the best for others. So maybe someone has hurt you in a terrible way. And then it's looking like uh, the best things are going smooth. You are now waiting for the person's downfall. No. No. Someone has hurt your family in a terrible way. You have to still believe the best for them. First Corinthians 13, from verse 4 to 8. It's an amplified. Amplifier renders it that way. So I read 1 Corinthians 14, 13 from verse 4 to 7. So when a believer falls into scandal, this is how, this is my perspective. And this is how love looks like. Love is patient. Do you understand? It's patient. So okay. The person has done it. He has done it. I'm patient for the person to Outgrow maybe that habit. Do you see that now? I'm patient for the person to outgrow that fault. Do you see that now? He says, and love is kind, it does not envy. Do you understand? It doesn't boast. Do you understand? So, this is how you must look at people. He's not proud, he does not dishonor others. Let me say something. If it was your family member, your brother, that fell into that scandal, would you have come to tell me? Let me tell you something. Come on, brother. He beat his wife. Now, when that woman is pregnant, for him. Are there real Christians in this world? Would you have done, if you will not do that for your family members, why do it for someone? Is a member of the body of Christ. I like the fact that it says love covers a multitude of sins. This is what love does. It will not go out. Nobody will hear it. If you bring the gist to me, it has reached bus stop. It's not going beyond that place. Do you understand? I learned this when I was in hundred level. That you can tell me something terrible about you. You know the way. Someone can look at you and you're already feeling bad. I learned this in a very powerful way. Some told me something about him. I said, How am I going to look at this person now? I have to look at him with an eye that doesn't judge him at all. And was must be able to look eye to eye. That's when I realized that that is even more difficult than what you say. Is it to say you would? don't worry, you'll be fine, but your eyes, no, do you understand, so I must be able to look at you the way I ought to look at you, You must, I'm, the reason why I told you is I'm telling you just, is because I expect that one day someone will come and meet you, i can't in you, I say, this is what I'm going through." but this is what happened, If something scandalous happens, how are we going to handle it? Joshua Salman said something many years ago. He spoke about a lady in their fellowship that was pregnant and actually had a baby. He treated the lady so well, people started suspecting her father. Not that in the fellowship. Hey, Bobo, where's your daddy? Then the 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 innocent guy. See, uh he's in I almost called the name of his church. He's <laughs> in so so please. Then they, He of course he doesn't know anything now. He just the mother and I'm feeling bad. But they've given her that eye. Only her is sitting in the children's section in the church. Only her. How can only her have how can there be a children's section in the church that has only one child? <laughs> Created for her uh, is your position in no doesn't dishonor others, don't self-seeking, not easily angered, keep no record of wrong. The Lord does not delight in evil but rejoices in truth. Always protect, please say, always protect. It's my responsibility. It's your responsibility to protect a believer. Always trusts. Always hopes. Do you understand? So I hope for the best for you. I trust in the work of the Spirit of God in you. Always perseveres. Praise the Lord. This is how you demonstrate love as a believer. If a believer is, we respond in love. Please rise up on your feet. Glory to God. Mm -hmm. So much has been said. And we know that love is the marker of believers. We said, You can come to a valid conclusion that you're not safe if you don't have radical demonstration of love for other believers. You must love all believers. So, I'm going to pray that you are rooted, established, and grounded in love. That the love of Christ carries you. Because some of you have to go and talk to some people today. Today, like this, you gotta unblock them from WhatsApp and chat them up. It doesn't mean they'll respond the right way. It was love that took Christ to the cross. They actually killed him. But like Todd White said, I'm going to love the hell out of them. So you're not going to stop loving. You're going to love the hell out of them. Why? Because I am a lover.